Hey there, welcome to the Path Podcast. This is episode one, two, three. I'm Derek. I'm Jason. And we're going to jump into Revelation 18, uh, just the first part of that today. Jason preached yesterday. Give us a little recap and uh, tell us how we can be encouraged. Yeah, so um, just to, to start off, this is kind of what it's all been building to uh, in the book of Revelation as far as uh, God's judgment of evil in, mm-hmm. in, in the world. And um, it, it's come to the point now where we've heard over and over again throughout the book of Revelation through the first 17 chapters, God saying, I'm going to judge uh, the iniquities and the evil and the, um, the, the, the bad things that are happening, the sin that's, that's occurring on earth, I'm going to judge it. And now here we are. Mm-hmm. God is going. God is judging uh, all of all of uh, the sin and debauchery that the enemy has led the world into. Um, and so we begin with this declaration. Chapter eighteen begins with this declaration from an angel that says, "Babylon has fallen. Babylon the Great has fallen." And it echoes the words of the prophecy of uh, Isaiah from Isaiah twenty-one, where there. Um, it, it says these exact same words that fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great, and um, it, it's it really sort of makes this kind of microcosm of how throughout Scripture um, Babylon becomes the sort of the archetype for any kingdom that sets itself up in opposition to God, and um, and so we've seen you see throughout Scripture and throughout history the quote-unquote Babylons of the world that set themselves up in opposition to God or in opposition to God's people. And um, God says that I'm not going to allow it anymore. I'm not going to allow it. And um, the the first, the, there's two angels that speak in these first eight verses. And the first angel talks about how the once thriving city of Babylon becomes this absolute desolate wasteland that it's a haunt for, uh, like verse 2, it says it's a haunt for every unclean spirit, unclean bird, and every unclean and detestable beast. And so, um, you know, it, like I said yesterday, it, it's this imagery of like the zombie apocalypse has happened, mm-hmm. and it's just this barren wasteland of what used to be a city. Um, and and what we see, not only has it fallen, but that there's a reason for why it's fallen, that God basically just boils everything down to here's what you've done against me and against my people and I'm not going to stand for it anymore and uh, he talks about how the nations of the earth the kings of the earth and the merchants of the earth have all been led astray by Babylon by the great prostitute and um, that because of that Babylon will be judged and those nations kings and merchants along with them will be judged Um, and so it's it, it's a weird, in my mind, it's this weird juxtaposition of situations where, as a follower of Christ, you want to say, yes, God's finally doing what he said he's going to do. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, my goodness, man, like, these, all of these people have been led to destruction. Mm-hmm. And so it's not this celebration. Um, it's it's really, it's a hard passage to read through because um, the the terrible things, the wrath of God that has been promised for so long is now here and it's being Mm -hmm. poured out. And that's just, in my mind, that's not something that I just want to celebrate and be happy about, you know? Um, Because it's, these are, I I think it's important to remember that these are people that we might know that have been been led astray. Um, It's not like the, it's not the, 
terrible enemy. It's not the villain of the story necessarily that that is being punished, although that person is. But then it's also the people that we, somebody we might love, is being punished in this as well. Um, and so it's it's a hard thing to hear first, but at the same time you also have this butted right up against a, a showing of God's grace because in verse four we see the second angel come and calls the people of God out from Babylon and says, "Hey." Um, come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins and share in her plagues. And so it, it's in, in the book of Revelation and in history, this will be the final offer of God's grace that we see. Um, and while that, that's both beautiful and terrifying at the same time, because it's, there, there will come a point where the offer of God's grace will no longer be offered. Um, but, um, we, we talked about yesterday that um, that God God in his because of his covenant love for for his people he offers that grace when he doesn't he's not obligated to he wasn't obligated to call his people out here in Babylon you could have just said I'm done with this and just destroyed it all but he still says I, I'm I'm offering you uh, a chance to repent and so um, later in the passage there if we were to keep going it, it you know there's it gives the warrant and the justice of this is why this is happening to, to Babylon and they brought it on themselves because of the choices that they made and they um, they decided to, to turn away from me uh, is what God is saying and so and they did it with pride in their heart um, so you know Babylon says I'm I'm the queen here I'm not ever gonna have to face any mourning or hurt and I will never die basically is is what um, Babylon says to God in the face of just like it's just how how much more audacious can you be um but I, the thing that that i really th- that really jumped out at me from this passage is that we we have an opportunity here um because i think you could look at this passage and be like i what am, what am i supposed to do with this what like i yes god did what he said he was going to do all along okay so what do i do with it right now in 2023 <clears throat> and i think it it really serves as both an encouragement and a challenge for us. That um, the challenge is, let's go and live a life uh, that honors God. Let let us do our best. Let us seek each day to live a life that honors the Lord, a life of holiness that um, is an example to other people. Because as long as the call from God can be heard, people can still respond to it. And, you know, Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that we've been given the ministry of reconciliation, that we are God's ambassadors, that he's making his plea through us to the world. So that call that that God is making, he makes through us, his followers. So let's go out and be conduits of that call. But then also let's see it as an encouragement that... Um, that we we can live a life of holiness. God would not call us to something that um, there is no way of completing. So through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can live this life of holiness that mm-hmm. honors the Lord and that um, that calls other people into that same kind of holiness. So, yeah, that's good. I, you know, I think we oftentimes live in one hand or the other, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When God is perfectly capable of moving out of both hands, right? right. There yeah. can be two things that are true simultaneously at the same time. Yeah. true about the Lord that seem contradictory to mm-hmm. us. 
we struggle with God's judgment, God's wrath, especially in a case like this where it's the finality of it. Yeah. Um, but what we forget about this whole situation is we only see it in this this um, you know taken out of context way. Like we right. just pinpoint it mm-hmm. in the text, and we think, "Oh gosh, how could God be so um, so flippant with His judgment?" Mm. But God is not flippant with no, His judgment. Yeah. He's not celebratory, as you said. Right. It's not this moment of. <laughs> Bam, I got you. Yeah. And then it's like, ooh, hoo, hoo, and everybody's like, you know, in, in God's corner cheering him on because yeah. he won he won this, you know, decimating blow yeah. to the world and, and to his ways. So that's hard for us because we, we see scripture, you know, so oftentimes, uh, and here lately I've gotten a lot of questions about, you know, uh, help me reconcile the God of the Old Testament who seems to be, you know, uh, harsh in his judgment, mm. quick, you know, uh, to kill uh, whole groups of people, nations of people, with what we see in Jesus in the yeah. New Testament. Uh, and I get that. If, if you are reading said passage in mm-hmm. its immediate context without yeah. understanding what led up to that moment, right? Um, without understanding, uh, you know, the character of God, the Hesed of God, mm-hmm. the, the love and patience and long suffering of God, and and uh, you 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 pull that passage out of that and collect yeah. your little passages uh, that and there are there are many of them right and you only collect that little passage where it talks about how God decimated the right. Amalekites or, you know, you know told, um, you know, whoever to go conquer, you know, whatever group. Mm-hmm. Then, it, then it is, and then also on the other side, look at only small passages where Jesus, uh, you know, spoke with a woman at the well and yeah. Jesus uh, spoke with a woman caught in adultery and visited Zacchaeus and right. he only pulled those out then it is very easy to see, oh, there's this disparaging idea. There's because right. we live out of one hand or the other. Mm-hmm. It's but it, but that's not how God operates. That's right. not God's um that's not his MO. That's not how he works. He mm-hmm. can be infinitely just, infinitely loving at the very same time. Yeah. And um so what happens in these Old Testament passages is that you forget <clears throat> to look at how Loving and kind, God was up until that moment, and there came a point where, and through through many many warnings, yeah, um, He finally did what He said He was going to do. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're going to put the Old Testament uh, up against the New Testament and say one is about a loving God with no uh, with justice, mm-hmm. and the others or the one is about a justice, you know, just God without right. any love. And the New Testament is a loving God without any justice, then you totally didn't read Revelation, right. which is in the New Testament. Yeah, you missed the point. Yeah, and Revelation pulls oftentimes not only from those justice passages from the Old Testament, but also from those long-suffering passages. You know, like yeah. this. This is one because it's pulling from this idea that. The warning's been there again and again and again and mm-hmm. again and again and again. 
and the people are headlong into living their life the way they want to. And so there has to come a point when the finality of the the the, the wrath of God comes to that moment. Yeah. And uh, you see the very grace of God up until the very last second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, this is... Yeah, I agree. I, this is a picture just popped in my head, and I I know that it, this is going to be silly, but I, I think it's a lot. I think it's the way that a lot of us boil down how we think about God sometimes. That um, you've if you've seen the Lego Movie, the first one. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there's a character in a Lego Movie, um, and he's good cop, bad cop, mm-hmm. and it's the same character, but he has two mm-hmm. faces. Like so, there's a face in the front right in the back when the angry when the bad cop is up it's he's gruff and you're gonna do what i tell you to do mm-hmm. and then when the good face is up it's um it's hey man how's it going so mm-hmm. glad you're here and i think that we we want to think like you said in this um it's it's black and white it's either it's either all bad cop or it's all good cop um but i think here in this passage in context it's not like um, there was this message of a God who was like, Babylon has fallen and it's going to become this haunt. And then all of a sudden it was, hey, my people, why don't you guys come out? I think it's the same yeah. booming voice yeah. is saying, you're my people and I'm calling you out now. Mm-hmm. You need mm-hmm. to come out. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think for us, we need to understand that um, within God, like you said, he can be ultimately loving and ultimately just at the same time. And there's power in both of those. I think mm-hmm. we want to, a lot of times culture would, wants us to boil love down to like puppy dogs and rainbows. Mm-hmm. But love is a very strong emotion, mm-hmm. a very strong emotion. I mean, think about the things you would do because you love your kids. Mm-hmm. Um and, and I think it's the same way for God, that God loves us so much that he's willing to do certain mm-hmm. things that only he can do. Yeah. And we, we have to remember that, that it would be it would be unloving for God to not pour out judgment on mm-hmm. disobedience and wrath. Um, because then he's, he's just, he's this genie who just does things for people who make him happy, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I think it's good to, to be reminded in passages like this, um, number one, that we do have a very gracious God who's patient and willing to wait and continue to offer grace up until the last minute. But we also have a God who is ultimately and incredibly powerful and is able to judge. He's the only one who can judge. It's what it says there mm-hmm. uh, at the end of verse 8. It says, the, um, for mighty is the Lord who has judged her. Mm-hmm. And, and in context there, it's saying, there's nobody else who could do this. Mm-hmm. It's only God who can do this. He is sovereign over all things, and we trust in him. Well, and we want, ultimately, we want God to be just. Absolutely. We want God to be just to other people. Right. <laughs> Not to us. Well, yeah. we want God to be consistent. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and God has been. God mm-hmm. has been consistent from mm-hmm. the very beginning to the to the very end, he will be consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, we are the ones who waffle. Right. We are the ones who teeter. We are the ones who, you know, um, want something for someone else, but to be spared ourselves. You know, right. the, yeah. And I think about 
children as well. It's an easy life skill. Yeah. It's an easy moment to think about justice and love because you have to demonstrate both right. every day. And it can be hard mm-hmm. because um, your your children don't always understand um, the punishments that you give them mm-hmm. and why you give them. Sometimes we give them too harshly or too flippantly and that help that adds to the uh, not understanding yeah. and the consistencies but you know I think about like if my child you know uh, even Colt as small as he is if he like somehow wandered into like oncoming traffic yeah. I'm going to yell at him right? and I'm going to go tackle him to get him out of the way right. you know like there's right. dire straits in this moment and, and that's really what you're describing what the scripture is describing is this like y'all got to get out of there yeah there's own this is the last chance yeah you know and um and so um but that that makes it hard for us uh especially you know to dwell on that to not really understand but yeah. the encouragement is there's still a chance Absolutely. we're not to this point yet yeah um um The Lord is still calling, mm-hmm. come home, come home, yeah. come to me, come to me, come to me. Yeah. And um, and so we must um, realize that and leave the world behind and um, and beg for other people to do the same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that, I think we didn't talk about this yesterday, but in my mind, this is this passage is a great um, encouragement and impetus for evangelism. Yeah, like let's go out and let's let's help people to not get to this point where yeah. they have to be called out like this. Let's help people to make that choice now. I mean, there's a there's a pastor named Eric Mason, and he wrote a book called um, "Let's Beat God to the Punch." Mm-hmm. Um, and he's what he what he's saying is that um, you know there's a passage that says there will come a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And he's saying, hey. Let's go ahead and do that now. Yeah. Before we're forced to do that, yeah. in the end, let's go ahead and do that now. Let's yeah. let's uh, let's go ahead and bow and confess Jesus as Lord now. So. Well, and it's this, you know, it's revelation. It's the truth of God's word. Mm-hmm. That's why that's why we've been uh, for a whole year praying what Paul prayed and asked yeah. the Colossian church to help him with for open doors, mm-hmm. to make the mystery of Christ known, yeah. while people still have a chance, right? right. This is why we are going to Argentina. We went. I went. We're going to take a group back. This is why we're going to Kentucky uh, next month uh, or uh, October. This this is why we we do what we do in our community. This is why yeah. we have airborne. This is why we do all the things we do to reach out to people because we are responsible to share with them this news. I mean, why yeah. you know. What would we think if no one had shared with us? What if? Right. What would we? What would we do had we? Um, no one cared enough to say, "Hey, you, you know, you'll die and go to hell. Mm-hmm. The judgment of God is coming. The wrath of God, and you're caught up in this world and the where and the object of God's wrath. And so you can get out. Yeah. Come out. Follow Christ. Let me show you the way. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, we we. This helps us to have an urgency for people's souls. Yeah, and um, and I pray that we would continue uh, to 
grow in that urgency. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was had a conversation just yesterday morning with two guys who are avid listeners of the podcast, by the way, so they'll appreciate this. But um, had a conversation with them yesterday about how we we're supposed to be conduits of grace, and yet. We all know examples of people who have put a cap on the end of that pipe and said, no, no, that grace is going to stop right here with me. Yeah. I'm not sharing that with anybody else. And nothing could be more disobedient or or arrogant or unloving than for us to not go and share the grace of God with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's yeah I think it, that that's where um, that's where I find encouragement in a passage like this that's that's really heavy of God finally pouring out his ultimate wrath and justice against evil and sin um, and yet there's a there's still the glimmer of God's mm-hmm. grace found there so yeah. well, that's good well uh, hopefully this was uh, helpful to you mm-hmm. uh, I hope it will spur us on to go and share with all those we know who don't know the Lord um, yeah. and so we encourage you to continue to pray for the people in your circle of influence that don't know the Lord and need to know Him. And you're the person to share with them. God's placed you in their life to do that. Yeah. So I encourage you uh, to continue that. Hey, if we can be of any help to you, let us know. You can email us at the path at lafayettefirst.life. Mm-hmm. We answer those questions there or any concerns. or We'd love to pray for you and encourage you in any way we can. If you have any questions about uh, what we've talked about here or about really anything, let us know. We'd love to. Uh, uh, field those questions, bring them into the podcast, and have that as a part of our uh, content here. Uh, but uh, until then, we just hope that you'll be back with us next time. I'm Jason. I'm Derek. <laughs> Jason. I'm Jason. He's Derek. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, thanks for joining us on the path. We'll see you next time as we continue down that path.